listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. If you would like to support this free podcast, you can do so by heading on over to Venmo and sending a tip to the handle Mystical City of God. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts, the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 325, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 3, Paragraphs 413 to 421. Chapter 3, The Doings of the Most Blessed Mary in Connection with the Death and Chastisement of Herod. St. John preaches in Ephesus and works many miracles. Lucifer rises up to battle with the Queen of Heaven. 413. In the rational creature, love produces on the heart effects similar to those of the force of gravity on the stone. The stone tends to move whithersoever its own weight draws it, that is, to its center of attraction. Love is the weight of the heart, drawing it to its center, namely to that which it loves. If at any time the heart is diverted by necessity or inadvertence, love will immediately make it recoil like a liberated spring, returning again to its normal position. This weight or sway of love in a manner seems to take away the liberty of the heart, insofar as it becomes subject and subservient to what it loves, and prevents the will from commanding any other course of action than that sought and ordered by the urgency of this love. The happiness or unhappiness of a creature arises from the good or evil use it makes of love. For what man loves, that he makes his master. If this is the evil and vile, so will also the man be tyrannized and degraded. If good, then will he be ennobled and made happy, and so much the more. The more noble and excellent the good is that he loves. By these principles, I hope to be able to explain in part what has been made known to me concerning the exalted state in which the Most Holy Mary lived, never having dropped from it, but rising higher and higher, from the first instant of her conception, without interruption or relaxation, until she entered the state of a comprehensor in the beatific vision. 4.14 
If all the love of the holy angels and of men could be united in one person, it would be less than that of the Most Holy Mary. Yet if we could unite the love of all the other creatures into one whole, it is certain that such a conflagration of love would result, that without being infinite it would seem to us on account of it surpassing all our comprehension. If then the charity of our great queen exceeded all this, only the infinite wisdom could measure the love of this creature and estimate the intensity with which it inclined and tended toward her divinity. We, however, can at least understand that in this chastest, purest, and most inflamed heart there could be no other mastery or sway, no other movement or liberty, except that of loving supremely the highest good, and this in such an exalted degree that, with our limited capacity, we can much sooner believe than understand it, confess, than penetrate it. This charity of the most pure virgin filled her at the same time with the most ardent desires of seeing the face of God who was absent, and assisting the Holy Church, which was present to her. Thus, she was consumed by two opposite tendencies, but she governed them with such wisdom that there arose from them no conflict within her nor did she give herself up to the one, to the neglect of the other. But she attended to both, exciting wonder in all the saints, and fullest complacency in the Lord of the saints. 4.15 In this exalted and eminent state of holiness, the Most Holy Mary often consulted within her about the condition of the primitive church, left in her charge, and how she could exert herself for its peace and progress. In these aspirations, the liberation of St. Peter, which made it possible for him to continue the government of the faithful, and also the casting forth of Lucifer and his demons from Jerusalem, which freed the faithful from their tyranny and allowed them some respite, afforded the Most Holy Mary some relief and consolation in her anxiety. The divine wisdom which dispenses labors and consolations with weight and measure, wisdom, 1121, ordained that the most blessed mother should at that time have a very intimate knowledge of the evil disposition of Herod. She perceived the abominable ugliness of that most unfortunate soul, brought on by his boundless vices and oft-repeated crimes, which had roused the wrath of the just and almighty judge. She knew how greatly Herod and the Jews were enraged against Jesus and his disciples after the escape of St. Peter. She saw also how the seed of rage sown by the demons in the hearts of Herod and the Jews had grown, and how furious their hatred against Jesus, our Redeemer, and his disciples had become, how the iniquitous ruler had conceived the purpose of exterminating all the faithful within the confines of Judea and Galilee and how he would employ in his work all his forces and means. Although the Most Blessed Mary was aware of this design of Herod, she was not informed at that time of his horrid death. But as she knew his power and the depravity of his soul, she was horrified at his evil state, and deeply grieved at his wrath against the followers of the faith. 4.16 In her anxieties and in her reliance upon the divine, Help, our queen labored incessantly in prayers and tears, travailing in her clamors, as I have shown on other occasions. Ever governed by her most exalted prudence, she spoke to one of the highest angels of her guard, saying, 
minister of the Most High and creature of his hands, my solicitude for the Holy Church strongly urges me to seek its welfares and progress. I beseech thee to ascend to the throne of the Most High, represent to him my affliction, ask him in my name, that I may be permitted to suffer instead of his faithful servants, and that Herod be prevented from executing his designs for the destruction of the church. Immediately the angel betook himself to the Lord with this message, while the Queen of Heaven, like another Esther, remained in prayer for the liberty and salvation of her people and of herself. Ephesians 4.16 The heavenly ambassador was sent back to the Blessed Trinity with the answer, Princess of Heaven, the Lord of hosts says that thou art the mother, the mistress, and the governess of the church, and that thou holdest his power while thou art upon earth, and he desires thee as the queen and mistress of the heaven and earth to execute sentence upon Herod. 4.17. In her humility, the most blessed virgin was somewhat disturbed by this answer, and urged by her charity, she replied to the angel, Am I then to pronounce sentence against a creature who is the image of the Lord? Since I came forth from his hands, I have known many reprobates among men, and I have never called for vengeance against them. But as far as I was concerned, always desired their salvation if possible, and never hastened their punishment. Return to the Lord, angel, and tell him that my tribunal and power is inferior to and dependent upon his, and that I cannot sentence anyone to death without consulting my superior. And if it is possible to bring Herod to the way of salvation, I am willing to suffer all the travails of the world according to the disposition of his divine providence, in order that his soul may not be lost. The angel hastened back with the second message of his queen, and having presented it before the throne of the most blessed trinity, was sent back to her with the following answer. Our mistress and queen, the Mosai says, that Herod is of the number of the foreknown, since he is so obstinate in his malice that he will take no admonition or instruction he will not cooperate with the helps given to him, nor will he avail himself of the fruits of the redemption, nor of the intercession of the saints, nor of thy own efforts, O queen and lady, in the his behalf. 4.18 For the third time the Most Holy Mary dispatched the heavenly prince with still another message to the Most High, saying, If it must be that Herod die in order to hinder him from persecuting the church, do thou, O angel, Represent to the Almighty how, in the infinite condescension of his charity, he has granted me in mortal life to be the refuge of the children of Adam, the advocate and intercessor of sinners, that my tribunal should be that of kindness and clemency, for the refuge and assistance of all that seek my intercession, and that all should leave it with the assurance of pardon in the name of my divine Son. If, then, I am to be a loving mother to men, who are the creatures of his hands and the price of his lifeblood, how can I now be a severe judge against one of them? Never was I charged with dealing out justice, always mercy, to which all my heart inclines, and now it is troubled by this conflict of love with obedience to rigorous justice. Present anew, O angel, this my anxiety to the Lord, and learn whether it is not his pleasure that Herod die without my condemning him. 4.19 The holy messenger ascended for the third time in the most blessed trinity, Listen to his message with the plenitude of pleasure and complacency at the pitying love of his spouse. Returning, the angel thus informed the loving mistress 
Our Queen, Mother of our Creator and my Lady, the Almighty Majesty says that thy mercy is for those mortals who wish to avail themselves of thy powerful intercession, not for those who despise and abhor it like Herod, that thou art the mistress of the church, invested with all the divine power, and that therefore it is meet thou use it as its opportune, that Herod must die, but it shall be through thy sentence and according to thy order. The Most Blessed Mary answered, Just is the Lord, and equitable are his judgments. Psalm 118 and 137. How many times would I suffer death to rescue the soul of Herod, if he himself would not by his own free will make himself unworthy of mercy and choose perdition? He is a work of the Most High, Job 10.8, formed according to his image and likeness, Genesis 1.27. He was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, which taketh away the sins of the world. Apocalypse 1.5 But I set aside all this, and considering only his having become an obstinate enemy of God, unworthy of his eternal friendship, by the most equitable justice of God, I condemn him to the death he has merited, in order that he may not incur greater torments by executing the evil he has planned. 4.20 This wonder the Lord wrought for the glory of his most blessed mother, and in witness of his having constituted her as the mistress of all creatures, with supreme power to act as the sovereign, like her divine son. I cannot explain this mystery better than in the words of the Lord, in the fifth chapter of St. John, where he says of himself, The son cannot do anything that the father does not, but he does the same because the father loves him. And if the father raises the dead, the son also raises whom he pleases. And the Father has given to the Son to judge all, in order that just as all honor the Father, they may also honor the Son. For no one can honor the Father without honoring the Son. And immediately he adds that he has given him the power of judging, because he is the Son of Man, which he is through his most blessed mother. On account of the likeness of the Heavenly Mother to her Son, of which I have often spoken, the relation or proportion of the mother with the son and the power of judgment must be transferred to the mother in the same manner as that of the son from the father. Mary is the mother of mercy and clemency to all the children of Adam that call upon her. But in addition to this, the Almighty wishes it to be understood that she possesses full power of judging all men, and that all should honor her, just as they honor her son and true God. As his true mother, he has given her the same power with him, in the degree and proportion due to her as his mother and a mere creature. 4.21 Making use of this power, the great lady sent the angel to Caesarea, where Herod then was, to take away his life as the minister of divine justice. The angel executed the sentence without delay. The evangelist St. Luke says that the angel of the Lord struck Herod, and eaten up by the worms, the unhappy man died the temporal and eternal death. The wound of the stroke was interior, and from it sprang the corruption and the worms that so miserably finished him. From the same text it appears that after having beheaded St. James, and after St. Peter had escaped, Herod descended to Caesarea in order to compose some differences that had arisen between him and the inhabitants of Sidon and Tyre. Acts 12.23 Within a few days, vested in the royal purple and seated upon a throne, he harangued the people with great show of words. The people, full of vain flattery, proclaimed him as a victor and as a god, and Herod, in foolish vanity, was pleased with this adulation of the people. 
because he had not given honor to God, but usurped to himself divine honor and vain pride, as St. Luke says, the angel of the Lord struck him. Although this was his last crime, which filled the measure of his iniquity, he merited the chastisement, not only for this, but for so many other crimes committed by him in persecuting the apostles, mocking the Lord our Savior, Luke 23.11, beheading the Baptist, Mark 6.27, committing adultery with his sister-in-law Herodias, and for many other abominations. This concludes our reading today for day number 325. We have been reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 3, Paragraphs 413 to 421. Well, we hear a bit about the story of Herod today as it continues in our reading. And in the very beginning today, we had this very beautiful sentiment that was talking about what the heart loves. The happiness or unhappiness of a creature arises from the good or evil use it makes of love. For what man loves, that he makes his master. If this master is evil and vile, so will also the man be tyrannized and degraded. If good, then will he be ennobled and made happy, and so much the more the more noble and excellent the good is that he loves. For what man loves, that he makes his master. Examine the loves of your life. What masters your life? The loves that should master your life are God, your family, and doing God's will. We have secondary loves, if you could say, but maybe better word would be passions. I can say I love football, but that should not be my master. I should not be the servant of football. I should make football the servant of me, that I still have dominion over all the things that I love and that everything is in a healthy balance. What man loves, that he makes his master. Very profound wisdom and insight there. Then we heard this. She saw also how the seed of rage sown by the demons in the hearts of Herod and the Jews had grown and how furious their hatred against Jesus our Redeemer and his disciples had become. So Mary sees the rage in the hearts. Remember, Jesus is the one who knows hearts. He's able to address something even before it becomes an issue, before they even give voice to it. So now Our Lady is able to see the rage in their hearts. But imagine Our Lady from heaven now looking at you and looking at me and seeing the seeds that the demons have planted in our life. What seeds are there? This is a good examination. Is it seeds of untruthfulness? And so Mary sees that untruthfulness that's deep within us. What's your seed sowed by evil? And ask the power of God, the intercession of Mary and the saints, to rid that from your heart so that you might be pure in the sight of God. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.